This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing one of the greatest investment vehicles, if not the greatest investment vehicle for Canadians either saving for retirement or in retirement. Funny, even we never realized how good of a vehicle they would be when they came out. I remember they came out and it was $5,000 to to something new called a tax-free savings account. I said, eh, $5,000, what's that? But yeah, they're they're not as bad as we thought they would be at all, right? I, I completely agree. When it started, it was, you know, you could put 5000 in per person. It was called a savings account. Seemed, it seemed like it was just a little emergency fund. No one was quite sure to what to do with it. So let's let's go back, Mike, and look at some of the basics of, of what is the TFSA. So as, as we said, it stands for tax-free savings account. I would like to think of it as a tax-free investment account. I think that's a better description for it, but we'll call it the savings account. It's registered. So, so what that means, certain accounts are registered with Revenue Canada, other accounts aren't. So registered accounts would be an RSP, a RIF, a Lira, a LIF. All of those things are considered registered and a T, TFSA fits into that category. I'd say the easiest way to describe a registered account means the government gets notified if you put money in or out of it. Right. You know, with RSPs, they know if you're taking money in or putting it out with RESPs, with tax-free savings accounts, the government is notified anytime you move money around. Open accounts, the government just gets the income off it. They don't know if you put money in or not. So started in 2009 with a limit of $5,000 per year. So every calendar year it rolls over, you get a new limit. And they basically said at the outset, you know, if inflation's enough to get give it a $500 increment, they'll move it to $5,500. If it's not, it will remain at the previous level. In this case, it started at five. The money grows free of tax for your life. Any unused contribution room, you can do it later. See, if you didn't have $5,000 that first year, you only had $2,000. And next year's limit was five thousand. Again, you could actually put in eight thousand. So, and so that is is available for your lifetime, which is huge. What about withdrawals, Mike? How do they work? Well, when you take money out of a TFSA, again, the government gets notified. But in the next calendar year, you can replace that that amount you took out. So it, it protects the growth in the plan, which makes it, you know, an extremely uh, attractive vehicle for many things. So, example, if you had an R TFSA that had 25,000 in it, you had to take out 10,000 one year. You could add that 10,000 in next year, plus your new contribution room, whatever that may be in that particular year. So it, it's got a huge advantage. What about the investment options? What are they like, Mike? Can, can Is it just savings? Can you just put cash in it or what is it? No, as you were saying before, the biggest problem is the name called it a savings account because people think it can just be into a cash type vehicle. You can invest in basically everything you can in an RSP inside your tax-free savings. You can have stocks, you can have bonds, you can have any type of index funds, you can have REITs, you can have tons of different investments inside that tax-free savings account. So it, it's it's basically going to have the same type of growth as any portfolio. What I think is interesting about it is whether it's interest or dividends or capital gains, they're all 
there's no tax on any of them. So it's not like one type of income is more tax preferred than the other because they're all treated equally inside a TFSA. Very similar to an RSP account that way, but the TFA TFSA is obviously unique. Are contributions tax deductible like an RSP? Not like an RSP. So you're basically put in after-tax dollars. So that's the one thing where it's not as attractive initially as the RSP, but most of our senior clients that we speak with that are retired, their biggest problem in life is large RSPs. They're forced to take certain amounts of money out and it can drive them into OES clawback situations and all types of things they, they don't they don't want at that point in their life. We'll talk about excess contributions. They would be subject to tax. So if your limit is only $5,000, you don't want to be putting $6,000 because you're going to be paying 1% a month tax on the amount that you're over. This is where people need to be careful. The, the problem that we've had clients in the past is having multiple tax-free savings account. It is allowed, but the problem is no one person is tracking your contributions and you're only allowed a certain limit. This year, you're allowed 7,000. And that's between, if you have 10 different TFSAs around, you got to make sure that your total contributions for that year don't exceed that $7,000 mark. So I made a list of some of the advantages and I'll, I'll start with number one, your money grows free of tax. And, and that is huge in Canada where we've got a marginal top tax rate of over 53%, well, at least in Ontario. Every year, number two is every year you can add more money to it based on the new limit. And as Mike just said, the new limit for this year is the, not the highest it's ever been, $7,000 per person. So married couple, again, can put in $14,000, which is a, a substantial amount of savings to be able to put away and have it grow tax-free. Mike, you already touched on that You know, um, money that you take out in any one year, you can put back in the future. And I think the biggest thing is, as of now, this thing started in... 2009. If you were eight, over 18 at the time, you could already start putting money in. You could be putting in $95,000 per person if you haven't even started one yet. So a married couple could put $190,000. That's huge. Yeah. What about if you die? What happens to that TFSA if you pass away? So the best thing to have is what's called a successor annuitant as your spouse. So if your spouse is the successor annuitant, it actually goes over to them and the room gets added together. So they now have your tax-free savings account and theirs all together, and they continue to keep that room for their entire life, plus additional room they get for, for each year. I've seen that in a number of cases. We work with a, a lot of older clients as well, and I've seen, I've got uh, lots of widows that have... Two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in their TFSA accounts. If you have a named beneficiary, so let's say you are widowed or it's just yourself, but you've got children, can you name the children beneficiaries of it? And what are the advantages to that, Mike? Absolutely. So if you name your child as a beneficiary, it does not get added to the room like a spouse, but it does go through free of tax and free of probate. So whatever's in there, they get that amount directly. I touched on a married couple could put in $190,000 in savings, married or common law for that matter. And here's where it, the advantage of the TFSA is over things like an RSP. 
An RSP is income dependent. You can only put in 18% of your income. So if your income is only $50,000, you can only put in $9,000 into an RSP. If you have no earned income, you can't put anything in. So someone who's 65 who may have stopped work, they can't put any more money into an RSP account, but a TFSA isn't income dependent, so they can actually still contribute even 75-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds can can put money into a tax-free savings account every year. What's one of the strategies, Mike, that we've used with even our retired clients to take advantage of that tax-free growth? Oh, for even if someone doesn't have income coming in, we'll tend to move every year money from their open account in kind to their tax-free savings account. So it goes from an account that is a non-tax sheltered account to an account that's fully tax sheltered. Also, it goes from an account that when we're talking about probate was subject to probate to one that goes through that can go through into your kids without probate. Well, other things, a couple of other comparisons just in terms of its value. So we now have the first home savings account, brand new in 2024, $8,000 you can put in if you're saving for your first home. But once again, it has a limit of 40000 so a maximum limit of 40000 So you can really only put in that $8,000 for five years. Now, a married couple could put in 80000 but compare that 80000 to what you can do on a TFSA, you could put 190000 And finally, there's the home buyer's RSP plan. Once again, that limit is $35,000, even lower than the first home savings account. So this is where the TFSA gets that great advantage. Next, what I want to do, Mike, is just talk about some of the creative things we've been able to do with pre-retired and retired Canadians to, to take advantage of this TFSA. So what's number one? Number one is controlling cash flows. When people need money, let's say someone comes up and says, it's, no, it's November and they need to buy a new car. They said, our car is gone. It's going to cost me about $60,000 to replace the car. If I look at their account and all of a sudden taking $60,000, let's say their open account is going to trigger a large capital gain. And that capital gain can, many circumstances, put them over OAS clawbacks and create some nasty tax incentive. What I can do is I can do part of that out of the TFSA account. So let's say they need $60,000. I can do 30 out of the TFSA and 30 out of the open account, still keeping them under the OAS clawback by not triggering as much capital gains. The next calendar year, I can go instantly refill the $30,000 in the TFSA in January you know, January 1st, January 2nd, and have the capital gain occur over the next calendar year. So now I've split up a tax event into two separate years to take advantage of number one, marginal tax rates, and number two, government clawbacks. Another interesting one that I have used myself a few times. So just this past year, I had a, a grandfather, he's, he's widowed. He wanted to gift 50000 to each of his two children. And so what we decided was the best place to take that money was from his TFSA, uh, made for a non-taxable event uh, in 2023. So we didn't have to pay tax. So we took 100000 out total. And then he, does, he can put that money back into his TFSA in January of this year. So the money was taken out December. He can put it back in a month. And he doesn't then have to pay the tax implications till 2025 
on having to move money from his open account to his TFSA. Another big thing in here, and I, I'll go through this one too, is the designated beneficiary part of a TFSA is very useful. So what it allows you to do is if you're going to give, if you have all your money going to your kids, but you want to give a gift to the grandchildren, you can designate those grandchildren as beneficiaries on your TFSA. Also, I've had many people use the TFSAs and designate beneficiaries as charities. And it's an easy way rather than making a lot of adjustments to the will. Let's say you have a certain amount of money you want to give to some charities you you really care about and you want to keep that money under control. Don't want to go and have to update and create a new will and all that. You can designate part of that TFSA to go to a charity. An interesting option is, you know, when you work with lots of different clients, you realize taxes are never even year to year. And and some years you have a, a what we'll, we'll call a bad tax year. And maybe it's from the sale of a property or the sale of a vacation property. So I think back to a client I had with that exact situation. They had the sale of a property. They had some pretty heavy capital gains. And so they were already going to pay a lot of tax in the, on those capital gains. So what I did for that full calendar year, I took their income that they needed to live off of out of their TFSA account, which generated no additional taxes. Big advantage for the client, they paid less taxes. They didn't have any old age security clawback. And then the next year, they can start rebuilding that TFSA account on a more tax efficient basis. So it was a huge advantage for the client and something that, you know, you just need to think of these things. You need to get a little creative on, on what can I do here given cash flow yeah. and taxes. It's a great vehicle. People who are buying, let's say it's not your first home. Let's say you don't qualify for first home buyer's plan, but you want to buy, let's say a cottage or want to upgrade your home. Great place to create a savings vehicle. You know, inside that TFSA, you go and save the money in there. It's all tax-free. You can take it out whenever you want. And the good thing is when it grows, even if you take it out, that room is permanent. Whatever growth in there is locked into that account forever, which is great. Use that example, Mike, where a client, you know, needs money. And the only thing they've got is an RSP account. If they take $10,000 out of their RSP account before retirement, they can't put that $10,000 back back in, that limit and whatever growth was in their withdrawal. So let's say they had put in eight, it had grown to 10 or something like that. That whole 10,000, they can't put back into the RSP the next year unless they have new room. TFSA, completely opposite. You can put it back in. All right. It's funny, as advisors, we've learned one thing. In life, your goal from when you first do your dime of savings should be to never take out of your RSP until you retire and no matter what the circumstance and it, it's funny we see people with different levels of circumstance where they have a reason why they'll say there should be no reason you know if you're a teacher and you have a teacher's pension plan it's not like you can go to the teacher's pension plan and say hey i'm having a really bad year can you give me some of my pension money you got to treat the rsp like that it's sealed it's yeah. not available yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't touch it at all um, a few more creative uses, non-resident contributions. If you become a non-resident of Canada, so lots of people are you know, moving to other countries, especially in retirement, to move to a, a cheaper standard of living, a, a warmer climate, whatever it may be, you can still keep your TFSA. You're not going to accumulate any contribution room that you're a non-resident, but that money is going to continue to grow free of tax. An emergency fund. It's a great place if as, as a backup, if you needed money, you could get to it 
it's better than sitting in cash and paying heavy tax on 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 the interest on the on the cash or using a line of credit where you're going to have to pay in today's environment really high interest rates at you know, north of 7% on a line of credit instead you could take keep that TFSA there and if you needed $15,000 because of an emergency you take it out put it back in I th- in the future. I think most people don't realize how easy it is to take out of a TFSA. There's no big wall. It's not like you have to fill out a thousand government forms. If need money or your TFSA, it basically comes out. We need one extra signature rather than an open account, but it comes out in the same time. And, you know, if you need money out of a TFSA, it comes out in, you know, three business days. So it's, it's not a, it's not a slow process because of the tax free savings account. Next, short-term savings, saving for short-term goals, a vacation, down payment, home purchasing. You get the tax-free growth. Income splitting. If you have a spouse or common-law partner, you can give them money to contribute to their TFSA. This way, both of you benefit from the tax-free growth. Generating passive income. Income from a TFSA is completely tax-free passive income. It's also good for, you know, educational savings. If you need to save some additional money for your children's education, it's a great place to put that money. Mike, I love my TFSA. I wish I could put more in it. I'm glad they've moved that limit up to $7,000. I think more and more Canadians, either pre-retired or retired, need to take full advantage of that tax-free savings account. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from TMFG. been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.